I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. You and I have spoken to so many people over the last few years that are trying to really change the food system so that, in fact, more consumers get to buy fruits and vegetables that are really high in nutrition. Mm Mm-hmm that are grown locally. Right. And that actually are returning to the farmer uh, what's closer to a living wage because certainly the trend has been in the opposite direction right. in this United States. And there's a, there's a movement that, that we've heard about too, although we haven't really spoken to anybody on this show about it, called the slow food movement. Hmm. And that's something that we will actually do in future shows. And the slow food movement is really about getting back in touch with real food, mm-hmm. how to cook it, and to understand that you have to invest time okay. to produce a good meal. Mm-hmm. Um, because the flavors that you get are different. Mm-hmm. And because the time that you spend with family changes. Right. And the uh, places where you buy your food tend to change, too, because mm-hmm. you're looking for more foods that are not processed right. or prepared. And just this week, I, I read about something that really surprised me. Um, I came across an announcement for a slow money huh. event in June. I'd like to slow it down leaving my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows how this might help. And I thought, slow money, what's that about? Yeah. And it has an absolute tie to sustainable farming. Hmm. And so I, I looked at the poster, I read a little bit about it, and wouldn't you know, the event is right in our own backyard. It's, ah. in, it's in St. Paul, okay. Minnesota, in June. And the person that we've got on the line today is someone that, in fact, we've talked to before because his organization, Renewing the Countryside, is all about um, rebuilding a food system that is socially just, financially sustainable, and that gets um, to environmental issues and nutrient-dense food. That's the ultimate product. So this morning we've got on the line Brett Olson, who is a co-founder of Renewing the Countryside. Good morning, Brett. How are you? I'm, I'm just Fantastic, Sylvia. I'm so glad you had me back on the show. Thank you very much. Oh, you're more than welcome. We're so glad because, as I mentioned, the whole idea of slow money is is a new term for me. And how it might be tied to rebuilding our food system is something I really know almost nothing about. So maybe you can start with with a simple set of definitions for us. What do you mean by slow money? Slow food, you know, you can say as a really strong counter to fast food, right? You know, the normal drive-through window kind of thing. Um, And so money sort of has uh, a similar thing with fast money. And you've, you've, you know, let's go make a quick buck or, you know, some fast money, some easy money. Um, And 
a lot of people, and uh, you know, you hear about these um, machine trades on the you know stock exchange that are just you know nanoseconds, uh, changing billions of dollars every every minute. Um, and this is really about, like slow food, relocalizing it, bringing it back down to earth, putting it into the hands of real uh, people that you know that are your neighbors, and um, and specifically around um, farming and food systems. So, so you're talking about you're talking about investing in your local food system, and that's a big big uh, kind of qualifier there. Well, absolutely. Reimagine 50% of your investment dollars um, going into your own backyard where, you know, you can see it grow. You can help fertilize it. And it's not just about money. Slow money is also about the technical assistance that comes with it. thing we get kind of, you know, removed from our money. Like we put it in a 401k or a Roth or some other fiduciary mechanism like that and it's just you have no connection to it anymore it goes off into what we think of as wall street but we really don't even know what that is mm-hmm. um and this is about relocalizing it and putting it in the hands of um your neighbors there's a cheese maker that i just heard of down in my uh, little neck of the woods here in the driftless area of minnesota who <clears throat> is making a fantastic goat cheese um, but they can't quite get it to a commercial scale because they don't have um, a pasteurizer, right? So mm-hmm. they need a, you know, a, a, not an industrial scale. It's not a craft food. It's just a little, you know, pasteurizer, and they don't have the capital to to do that. So I could, and you, let's say you and I formed some kind of. Um, investment club, um, mm-hmm. which is another kind of thing that happens. And um, we decide to um, invest in this cheesemaker. She gets to use our capital mm-hmm. um, to make cheese, and we get to um, get some kind of return on that, depending on what you know our agreement is, um, whether it's strictly a loan, because that's a kind of investment as well, or it's some kind of equity, like now Sylvia and Brett are also cheesemakers. Of course, we don't ever do any cheesemaking, but that's not the point. Where I can now actually see the fruits of my money, and I can see how it gets moved around, and then you know it, 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 it becomes a real thing, and I can put my hands on it. And that's, that's the kind of thing I think people are looking for. And um, what's really interesting, though, is that... Um, with the recent <clears throat> Jobs Act of a couple of years ago, um, they the federal government has made it legal for you to actually invest, mm-hmm. not just a gift. Um, and there's a couple of uh, gentlemen in Minneapolis who have um, pushed through the Minnesota legislature just this last year, and, and it's going through the Department of Commerce now, um, something called MinVest. And MinVest, those guys will be at the event. We've got to keep plugging the event, don't we? Um, yes, we the event do. on June 17th uh, over at the Como uh, Park Pavilion. Um, those two guys will come there, and they'll explain a little bit how MinVest will work, where you'll actually be able to use a Kickstarter-type program online to actually invest in 
um, companies. It's it's a, a new thing. A couple of other states are already doing it, um, but we'll be able to do that. Now you've uh, made well. you've you've made a very important distinction online with things like Kickstarter, and that's not the only kind of fundraising. Um, program out there. It is about making a gift. And you are talking about making an investment. So you're talking about getting a return on your investment by yeah. by funding efforts in the local food scenes. This is a really brand new idea for a lot of people. Um, so they'll come. Um, there's a, a couple, uh, there's a farmer that wanted to uh, add some renewable energy source to their packing shed. Um, it's really fairly expensive uh, endeavor to put on and looked for a group of investors to help him uh, do that. And they did. They came through with the, the money to put these uh, solar collectors on the packing shed. Um, and now he's looking to um, find some investment or some loans or something along those lines to um, buy what he currently is renting for for farmland, uh, to give him some more stability, you know, because rented farmland is a scary thing for a farmer because it, you know, is a year-by-year basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he'll come and explain sort of where that's at and um, hopefully make some relationships and uh, that will turn out to... Um, help him fund that farmland purchase. You know, I would suspect that there's, of course, with any kind of investing, you've got two partners, one that's making the investment and the other one who is asking for the investment and turning it into either a service or a product. I would suspect that there are lots of questions that investors would have. You know, how how much, you know, what kind of return should I expect? How is the risk in all of this? Um, and usually the, 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 the bigger the return... Uh, is is usually comes from the bigger the risk um, involved in something. But you also have that farmer or that entrepreneur who's looking for the money. Um, I would suspect that there are lots of farmers, there are lots of farm-based businesses that would also be a little afraid to get into this kind of a relationship. So will there be on June 17th some people to explain to the borrower or to the person looking for an investment, you know, how this works and how much risk there is involved? Because I would suspect some people are kind of afraid of it as well. Yeah, both both sides have a lot of questions, and that's why this relationship needs to be built. And I don't expect anybody to whip out their checkbook, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it is more complex than that. Um, I do find, excuse me, a, a number of farmers who are kind of reluctant, and they kind of look you know, out of that one crazy eye from the side, because they're like, I don't want, I don't need that. I don't want any investment. Um, but they're willing to, you know, every every farmer around you, Sylvia, goes to the bank every spring mm-hmm. <laughs> and gets a $200,000 loan to plant their corn and beans, right? Um, that's just, it's, right. a, it's mm-hmm. a normal practice. And the difference is that for a lot of these diversified farms that are doing things not that commodity, um, you know, little tight little box that everything fits in. Um, they don't, banks just look at them like, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know how to guarantee that loan. And and so they don't really have access to the capital that 
that farmers already are, are taking advantage of. So this is filling a gap for them or for people that are sort of non-traditional, um, you know, new immigrants uh, or un- the unbanked, you know, right. that kind of group. It doesn't mean they're a low, or that they're high risk um, individuals. Uh, just means that they don't they don't fit the system that was built for um, for that commodity type um, farming, and so there is an education that you know um, it, it's much smarter. And anyone you know who runs a, a business will say uh, it's way smarter for me to use your money to make me money than to use my money to make me money because it's your money. <laughs> You know, I didn't have to come up with it. Right. And so the same thing goes here is that it's it is it's wise um to to for for the farmer to um take advantage of um using other people's money to to make their own. Um but that means that you also have to have in place um more than a handshake, um and you've got to lay things out and um when you know it's local and it's you know it's something you can be tangible, um, you know, have a relationship to then, and and some technical assistance comes with it. You know, they keep keep an eye on your money, right? I mean, mm-hmm. more than just getting that uh, statement from Calvert every quarter. Uh, this is a way that you know you can say, "What do you need? Oh, you need some help with marketing. Well, I have a you know a friend and something, or maybe we can." work something out or you need new packaging, well, let's, you know, that kind of thing. And you can build that relationship and make a decision like, do I need, you know, um, 2% back? That's twice what my money market is. Or maybe I need 5% back. Um, That's something that you can, you know, more close to a, a, you know, a a bank rate or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so Brett, let me just... Those are, can all be worked out. So, oh, so it's a negotiation. So let me just uh, kind of mention here to those who may not know, but if you, because uh, many of our listeners are consumers who don't really have a connection to farming, so they may not realize that if you are a farmer that is working more into what's called a conventional system, so you've got a, you've got a thousand acres or two thousand acres, and you plant those into what you uh, called commodity. Uh, crops. So let's say you have them in corn and soybeans. That's a very normal thing for farmers around here to have. When you are doing that, it is easier for you to get a loan from a bank mm-hmm. because they have they understand what their collateral would be, all of your crops. They understand that you've got a really well-oiled distribution machine. There's already people out there who are going to buy your your crops. And they understand that uh, you will be using a host of chemicals to make sure that that crop, in fact, grows well and is harvested and gets sold. So that's the conventional model for which there are numbers of financial instruments. If you There's one other little piece of that that's the really the, just the jewel, uh, Sylvia, is yeah. that if, if your corn and beans um, all die... Um, the federal government will um, will be there to back that loan up. Right. So, so that's the su- that's that's a beautiful little little gem at the end of it. If your uh, asparagus all uh, dries up, um, 
that's you know that's that's a different follow X. Right. So in, and and so the opposite is that if you're a, a smaller diversified operation that is also growing you know, 15 kinds of vegetables, two kinds of fruit. You've got chickens that you sell and grow out as well. You've got some cattle. Uh, you're involved in rotational grazing, and you don't tend to rely on uh, a lot of chemicals in order to secure that crop gets into the bin. There are not a lot of financial instruments to help you. You do not have access to the capital that, uh, Brett, you described. And so... This I can see now where this slow money movement really fills a very critical gap. Yeah, I, and it and it's it's brilliant. I, I just I feel better about um, that kind of investing. And you know when you get a um, one of these investment clubs, you know, like there's no small potatoes. There's one in Maine, and the slow money Maine um, website is really excellent. Uh, resource for people to also look up <clears throat> sort of how this little money works. Um, you know, it, it could be as little as, you know, pooling your 50 bucks and my $100 and Dave, he's got, he's rich, so he puts in $700. And, you know, we, we get all of those things together and um, it can fit. It's not, this is not the high roller, uh, big buck kind mm -hmm. of necessarily thing. And it, it's scalable, and it fits the size that you're at and uh, can mean the world of difference to somebody. You know, like if someone wanted to start, oh, let's uh, beef packing plant or cutting, you know, a butcher. Mm -hmm. um, you know how difficult it is to get your cattle to market, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just not easy. There's nobody out there doing it. Um, you know, somebody, that's because it's extremely capital intensive, and um, it's a difficult uh, business to start, but I could see you saying uh, someone came to you and said, "We're going to start this right here in Amory. We're going to start cutting meat." You'd be like, "I want a piece of that because I know that it's something that my neighborhood needs. It's, mm -hmm. it's scalable. It feels right. I know how it works." Um, and I think that's great. And people are doing it already all over the place. Sylvia, like, how many shows have you done about CSAs? I mean, yeah. that is an investment. Yes. And you take your dividends in boxes of vegetables. Right. This is the same kind of thing. Um, the farmer gets to use your money, whether in, in, in the CSA model, they give it back to you in vegetables. And in this model, they give it back to you um, in uh, monetary dividends. Same, same exact type of thing. Right. So let me ask you, how old is this movement, this slow movement? The slow money movement the is slow only movement, a couple. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah slow money movements. <clears throat> it's only a few years old. It was started by a guy named Woody Tesh, uh, who wrote a book called Slow Money, um, and now is grown to oh, a couple dozen chapters uh, around the U.S. Um, the Slow Money Minnesota that we're renewing the countryside does not running this. We're just kind of incubating it until it can go off on its own. Um, and is really the reason we can do this is we got um, a federal grant from uh, SARE who kind of uh, look at different investment or ways of funding um, land access and farming and food. Um, so we've been doing this with um, a few partners and 
this is going to be our inaugural event. So right now, uh, you've got a, a, the event coming up June 17th. It runs yep. from 5 to 8 p.m. Where do people go in order to register to find out more? Do you have a website they can go to? Yep, renewingthecountryside.org website. Um, so renewingthecountryside.org slash right slow underscore money underscore Minnesota. All or right. you can just find it in the projects. It's in the drop-down menu there, Slow Money Minnesota. And then you can register. It's $30 uh, for the evening. And like I said, it's at the newly remodeled um, Como Dockside is what they renamed it. And it's, it's just beautiful. It'll be a great evening. That's at Como Park in St. Paul, Minnesota. So it's right. renewingthecountryside.org. Go to the mm-hmm. Projects tab, and you will find the Slow Money a uh, little the bottom, bar there, yep. and you click on that, and you'll be able to find out more about the event and register. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks. <laughs>